Welcome, you're listening to the Granary Young Adults podcast, Unapologetic, a fortnightly podcast where we don't avoid hard conversations, we aim for them. In each episode, we talk about the contentious, taboo and uncomfortable, the topics that no one is speaking about, but everyone is talking about. If you don't want to be challenged, this is not the podcast for you. These aren't sermons or lectures, they're conversations to challenge and activate dialogue as we dig into what God wants to teach us. I'm Rachel Baker, the Young Adults Pastor at the Granary Church. Thanks for listening in, and we hope today's episode challenges and blesses you today. So we're back with John because uh, one podcast was not enough. So thank you for agreeing to continue this conversation. My pleasure. Real joy to be with you. As you've sort of said, you came from another church. You've had a faith journey of your own. How have you stayed strong in your faith? over the years? What's that looked like for you? Yeah, sometimes I don't feel like I've been that strong, to be honest. Um, I, I felt quite weak at times. Um, but the things that have helped me stay strong uh, would be a, I have a daily devotional, so I'm in the Word every single day. Um, I'd like to think my prayer life should be a lot better than what it is, but it's, it's, it's the Word and prayer and worship um, every day. And uh, I think that's something that, I mean, it's a relationship, so you want to foster relationships, so that's what I want to do. So that's been every single day for many, many, many years, um, and that's constant. And I I journal. I was terrible. I was a terrible journal when I, journaler when I started. I don't know how much better I am now, but I'm, I'm actually writing whole sentences. That's interesting. But I actually journal the thoughts and what I believe God wants to speak into me, and I do that. Every day, so that's the first thing, and I and I don't do it, I don't do it because I have to. So when I finished pastoring the church, the people said, "Oh, do you still get up really early in the morning and do Bible study and stuff?" And I'm thinking that's a really weird question because I don't do it for because I'm a pastor. I do it because I'm human. I do it because I need Jesus in my life. I need to to recalibrate my life around what He wants to, Him living His life through me. I think also. Um, ministry, if you get involved in ministry, because that's going to test your faith. Um, so stay in whatever ministry you're doing. That will help you grow, especially when you're with other people. Um, that will help you grow in ministry. Um, relationships, I've been blessed with an, an amazing wife. She's been incredible to do. So she's a PK, which is a pastor's kid. And then she married me and I became a pastor. So she's had all like decades, it's all she's really known, and to hang in there knowing better than anyone else I know what ministry's like. She's been amazing, absolutely a rock. But I've also had a lot of people around me who are, um, there's three or four men in particular that I've journeyed with for some, one of them, over 50 years. And they're all followers of Jesus and um, we would go to the wall for each other and so have them there and be able to be honest and they, they can speak into my life. I had one of them actually said to me, I need to take you out for breakfast. This is about 10 years ago. Oh, it wouldn't be that long, five years ago. So I need to take you out for breakfast. I need, just need to have a chat. I thought, and I feel perfectly safe because I know he loves me as a brother and Apart from that, it was breakfast, wasn't it? A free breakfast. So he went out for breakfast and he told me things I needed to hear and he was right on the money, right on the money with that. So to have those people um, around me that I know I can go to and they come to me as well 
is just extraordinary. So uh, that's what has helped to keep me strong. A lot of prayer ministry has saved my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those are some of the things that have helped me keep on track. I think it's interesting talking about people speaking into your life because I think um, if we're honest about it, lots of people will speak into our life. And so it's about also being careful about who we give permission to do that. Absolutely. Because anybody will take that opportunity. Um, Lots of people think they know what people need. But like you said, these good, strong Christian examples, people that know you and want what's best for you moving forward. Yeah, very wise. Very, very wise. Got to be the right person. You said you were talking about um, devotions. I know a lot of people struggle with that. I've struggled with that. Were, were there times where you um, found it difficult to actually fit that into your schedule and routine? Advice for me, I suppose devotions are not something I had to do. And this is how I, this is my perspective. Um, I don't have to do devotions. I get to do devotions. It's meeting with my best friend. It's meeting with my saviour. Um, and are there times that are difficult because of sickness or whatever? Yeah, but um, I plan my life, try and plan my life around and I go to bed early enough so I get up at five. So I, early enough to, to do that and nothing gets in the way of that. That might change when I go and look after my grandson and he'll be up at four and I won't be. No, it, it, I'll still find the space to do that because so much of ministry and so much of life comes out of that. So uh, is it a struggle? Absolutely, but it's a discipline as well. And so I, when I got that idea of I don't have to do it, I get to do it. It's the same with ministry. I don't have to do ministry. I get to do ministry. This should be a joy and, and it is a joy. So that's probably the one switch that happened in my head. But to acknowledge it can be tough, especially when you, uh, you know, you've got little kids and they get up early or you've got work and you've got shift work. It can be really, really tough. But you don't have to spend hours. You can just, it's just sitting with a word and just, and you can pray as you drive and just with your eyes open, hopefully. But you know what I'm saying? It's just being in the presence of God. And being in his word as much as you possibly can. So so to make it a hard and fast rule, it's not grace. So that's why I say, think about, think through, I get to spend time with Jesus, not, oh, now I've got to spend time in the Bible, you know. It's a different, for me, a different perspective. I mean, most people can carve out time to have a coffee, meet a friend, go to the gym. This is another way that we're looking after ourselves. It's not if you do it, you go to heaven. If you don't, you don't. Exactly it's, right. It's actually good for us. So, um, yeah, that's a good mind shift to to change and, and maybe have a think too about what is it that you're prioritizing above that time. And there are periods of time, like you said, you might be unwell or um, in a period of life where, you know, your whole schedule is chaos, but it's even finding those moments. It doesn't have to be a, a full you know, hour-long process or something like that. It's an act of worship. It's saying, I, I value you this much, Jesus. Put on some worship music and, and do that. So, yeah, there's Absolutely. lots of different ways. I guess it's also, what is the soundtrack of your life? What's, what's going – soundtrack doesn't have to be music. It's, it's what's the input, what's going in, right? So I think that's uh, another way of perhaps looking at it. 
Something that I've been challenged um, with, uh, as a child, I used to do something called Awana, which was like a church service midweek for kids, basically. But the focus was on memory verses. And it's those things that just pop back into my mind um, throughout the day. And for people that might not have had that experience, you can still challenge yourself even writing out a little verse and sticking it on your dashboard or on a mirror or things like that. Because like you said, sometimes it's those thoughts that pop into your head. Are we speaking truth in life in, in to our lives and to others' lives? Or are we concentrating on the gossip or the drama or um, anxiety, worrying about things around oh, yeah. us rather than remembering God's words to us. Exactly right. It's v- that's really good. Um, it worked for me this morning. I'm driving across here to the granary and and uh, and some weird thoughts come to my head and, and, the, and the scripture just comes in, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's straight of scripture, right? And, and that's where I just, um, go, and that was changing in that split second. Take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. Don't think like that, think like him, you know? So uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and the Holy Spirit brings those verses back if you've, you know, hidden, hidden his word in your, in your heart so you don't sin against him, as the psalmist says. When you do that, um, the Holy Spirit has the why you bring that back to mind. You have kind of talked about this mentorship, devotions, things like that. Are there other ways that um, you've kept um, growing in your faith, things that you would recommend or um, would say have been instrumental in your faith growing? Over the years, those are probably the the main things, and of course, being in church and and, but also just being, as I mentioned before in a, in the last podcast, just to obey my way through stuff. So it's one thing to read the, you can get up early and read the word and pray, and that's all very good, but you've got to actually do what Jesus tells you to do, and you don't actually understand. This is my experience. You don't understand. God, unless you do what he tells you to do, and then he reveals more of his character and his nature to you. So in actually doing something, you you learn more about yourself, you learn more about him, and all of a sudden, sometimes I found scripture come alive. You go, oh, okay, now I see what that means. Um, and I can't give you an example off the top of my head, but that does that has happened oh, many times where all of a sudden there's this deeper understanding of what God's really really speaking in your heart. And so I think that's um, doing the word, which James talks about all the time. And he just says, just, you know, don't be, just be doers of the word, basically. Um, you won't understand him fully unless you do what he tells you to do. It's just... You just won't. You can't. So, um, yeah, obedience is is big. And again, it's you get to obey. <laughs> There's always a choice. So we've talked about like Bible reading and things. A lot of that sounds like the relationship between us and God. Do we need to go to church? Like what's the point of church then actually coming to the building? Well, the building church, there's no, I mean, you can do it under a tree. Jesus says when there's two or more gathered. So I think small group is extremely important and because that's the community because we're, we're made for community. And if we have the struggles and we are deconstructing and we are doing whatever we're doing, we need to bring that in the community and, the, and, uh, and hopefully they're a loving community. Uh, the ones I've been a part of mostly have been that and people have brought all sorts of stuff in and we wrestle together and we love people through them. And 
sometimes agendas go out the window so you can actually minister to the person who's having a tough time in whatever area. So that is church. This is church now. What we're doing here is church. And so, um, uh, but the the broader community is what has, I think God does something when the broader community come together. So on a Sunday, uh, you know, it says, when two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. And there's something that happens when we pray together, when we worship together. Uh, when we hear the word together, we can grow together because then we've got something um, that we're doing together and we can talk about together. And there's a commonality. It's also good about vision and visioning what the church is doing. You'll get that on a, on a Sunday as well. So it's, um, there's a lot of great messages and so on online these days, and you can listen to that. But I think there's something, I, I believe there's something that happens person to person, spirit to spirit, when we meet together with Jesus. Something I really love about being in a church community as well is that it's full of all different people from different backgrounds, different experiences, different personalities. I think it's really easy to surround ourselves with people that we just naturally might be drawn to. And sometimes when you come up against somebody that's quite different to you in a church setting, it's remembering why it is that we're both, why you're both in that space together. Um, it's pretty humbling. It is. That's a great insight. That's like absolutely right. And uh, and it's the iron sharpens iron. You come up with people and you go, yeah, they're a little strong. Well, I'm a little strange. So, you know, and, and God calls me to love them. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, man, this is, this is what it's about. Loving each other, supporting each other, and uh, and just being there for each other. Um, it's we're made for each other. And Jesus talks so much about. Well, the apostles talk so much about church. You know, Jesus said, "I'm going to build my church." Right. So uh, you can be a part of it or not, but I'm going to build it. Just so look out. So it's part of his. It's part of his whole idea. He's there to birth the church, and Jesus is in community himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a community of the Godhead. So it's all right for him to do it. And he had his own church. He had 12 disciples. There's a whole bunch of other people who would follow him around as well. Um, he had his own group of people, you know, so then he needed them. I wonder sometimes too, even the personalities of the disciples themselves. I mean, that wasn't like just a easy, you know, group together. They were, again, from different backgrounds, different histories, different personalities, and he called them together. It wasn't sort of, oh, oh, great. We all have the same one interest. It was, yes. you know, let's come together and be united. Exactly. It's not a, that um, a homogenous type of group. It's, it's, they're all, I mean, imagine, imagine the most hated people in the day was a tax collector. So here's Matthew, who's a, is a Jew and he's tax collecting for the Romans and they would have hated him. And Jesus says, you're going to follow me. And then he ends up writing one of the Gospels. So absolutely right. Yeah, different personalities. You just learn to love and you grow yourself. You're absolutely right. Talking about church then, we often will um, talk about serving in church. We're not just here to consume. We're, we're also called to serve. Why do you continue to serve in church? Well, I think part of me is still um, back with, you know, why do I do a, um, a Bible study or get up early and do it? And it's, it's not I have to, I get to. And serving has that same, it's an outworking of that. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. 
And if I've died to myself and he's living his life through me, if I'm a conduit of Christ in that way, he's, you know, I, I can't love people to my own degree of love. It falls short. I've got to love some people and they've got to love me with a love of Christ. It's the same thing with serving, really a response for me. And I'm kind of hardwired that way now, hardwired by Jesus. Um, and it's just something. And, and when you when you serve, you you grow. When you serve, you get more than what you give always. Because I don't know, it's just just how I'm wired. It wasn't habit. It wasn't culture. It's just love of Christ. So it's not my love. I'm, you know, I'm not that whatever. <laughs> it's the love of Christ that sort of, uh, if you open up to Him, then He's just you're just going to end up serving. Sometimes you're serving, you don't even know you're doing it. Okay, but you've just had a full week of work, um, you know, some extracurriculars, you've had to go to a birthday party, whatever it is, and you come to church on a Sunday and you're just tired. Yes. What then? Well, sometimes it's just good to, to sit. You've, like, you, you've got to care for yourself. You, you need to be aware of uh, – sometimes it's just you do need to sit and just be ministered to. Um, and the interesting thing is – uh, the disciples didn't like that, did they? Because Jesus, I think it's John 13, goes to wash their feet. No, you're not going to wash my feet and all this sort of stuff. And Jesus is saying, this is this is what you need to be doing. And sometimes serving is just turning up and just listening to someone. It's not like, um, and sometimes it's putting out chairs and sometimes it's vacuuming, vacuuming the floor and sometimes it's making the working at the cafe or whatever it might be. But I also get sometimes you just need to do some self-care. You need to get away. You need to just be still. Um, and just coming to church and just sitting is perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay to do that. For me, service actually invigorates me, and I'm an introvert. So when, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I, I am. I'm the pinup boy for introvertism. So if there's such a word, um, I'm just very much like a lot of people don't think I am, but I but I am. So I find people draining. And that's not because people are draining. It's because I'm an introvert. That's my issue, not them. And so I do need to rest. I do need to pull stumps and go, you know, I'm just going to go and sleep. I'm just going to go and sit out and have a cup of tea somewhere or whatever. And that's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay. What happens or are there um, markers where we might be then overusing the reason of self-care and it starts to become an excuse? for trying to avoid serving? Possibly, and that's why a small group's good. They will tell you. Well, they should if they, if they love you, <laughs> and they will do that. And I think it's seasonal. So for us at the moment is a season where we, we're just – it's just not possible for us to do small group. Um, but we have seasons where, you know what um, – you know, I'm staying home with the kids. My wife's going out to a small group. That's okay. It's okay. There are seasons. But there's also other opportunities because a small group might be meeting with one or two other people with a coffee and just talking through what God's doing in your life. I still do that with a couple of guys. Uh, six o'clock on the Thursday morning, um, we still meet at Macca's. It's not great coffee. But anyway, we meet at Macca's. And we just talk about life stuff. We pray for each other. And we just do life together. And so that's a small group, and funnily, that's church. That's church. So it's okay to meet, have a bicky and a coffee, and that's it. 
it's okay to do that. Is there anything that you um, would unlearn or would like to have learned in your faith journey so far? I think uh, when you grow up, you grow up in churches with certain cultures and you grow up in churches with certain theologies. And so I had to have a fresh experience of God in some ways to understand him more. Let me explain what I mean by that. I grew up in a conser- a very good, very, very good, um, gave me my faith basically, but a very good conservative church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, uh, you know, as far as tongues and healing and prophetic words and words of knowledge, those sorts of gifts, they would teach that died out with you know, with the Bible coming online, basically, not online like we have it today, but after 300 years, they didn't need that anymore. We've got the Bible, right? And and uh, that was a great church, and I learned a heap from doing that. But I had to realize that, um, hey, tongues is a gift for today, uh, and so is prophecy, and strangely enough, healing. And I say strangely because I had a friend of mine who actually had a PhD in theology. Wonderful guy, great man of God. He and his wife were fabulous people. His wife suffered severely from arthritis. And what I'm talking about is a lady with a neck brace on. I'm talking about a lady who had splints to hold her fingers straight because they'd go at 30 degrees with arthritis, couldn't stand on it, all this sort of stuff. And he didn't believe in healing until out of desperation, he went to a healing service in St. Andrews in Sydney. And guess what? His wife got healed. Miraculously healed. I saw it. And so all of a sudden, he had to change. He tore up his whole theology about that and said, and started the healing service. Why? Because experience will, will change your theology. And so, so experience will do that. If you all of a sudden, they say tongues aren't for today, and all of a sudden you're Speaking in tongues changes your theology about about tongues. So for me, doc, doctrine is pretty much in you know set in cement. But theology's got a little bit of wobble room because God can do whatever He wants to do. I learn when I obey Him, and He shows up in certain circumstances. So which shows up all the time, but you know what I mean, when in specific ways. Uh, so I had, oh, I had to unlearn that a little bit. It wasn't so much an unlearning, it was more of an experiencing of something fresh and new that took me in a different space. Something I really um, valued about that story that you just told as well is really honouring to the church that you attended. Still so much that we can learn from different ministries and different pastors and different churches and that none of us have it 100% right and we can show grace to to different churches and denominations and continue to grow and Absolutely. be open to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. So Yeah, and just just what you said then, listening to the Holy Spirit, I think it's one of the things that I, I wish I had embraced a lot earlier, that I am God's child and I do hear his voice, whereas I thought, I, that that was never clear to me. No one's fault. It's just never clear. If I was able to embrace that truth earlier on, maybe I would have, I don't know, maybe things may have been a little bit different in some areas of my life. Maybe I wouldn't have gone AWOL for a little while from church. I don't know. I don't know. Did you always think of that as um, an audible voice or do you think that you had the understanding that that can be received in different ways as you were growing up? Uh, growing up, I, I don't think I 
knew it would be you would receive it in any way. I think the audible voice was, is almost like it's almost like the the pastor was a vicar, and I hate that term. So I used to say at church, "Don't ever call me a vicar," because vicar comes from the word vicarious, which means someone lives their Christian life through you. And I'm going, oh, that's not me. You've got your own. I've got my life to live. You live your own kind of idea. I never said that in a horrible way, but I tried to make it pretty <laughs> yeah. clear. You've got your own journey to do with Jesus, and you hear his voice. The word says, you're his child, you're his sheep, my sheep know my voice. So I'm not sure that it was ever clear that I could hear his voice growing up, but now God speaks in a lot of ways. I think if someone told me that they saw Jesus, like they heard Jesus' voice, I'd question that because I think if you heard his audible voice, maybe your face would melt off your head. I'm not sure, such as the awesomeness of who he is. Um, the jury's out for me on that one, but I would lean towards probably not. But there's impressions that I get in my mind where I hear, as I shared before, God said to me, didn't I tell you that I love you? I don't think like that. There's things that come into my mind that I go, where did that come from? Because that's not me. I know that I know that it's not me. And uh, and so that's where I hear the voice of God. And sometimes I've I've been I've been walking uh, walking through the word, reading the word, and all of a sudden I've stopped and burst into tears. And I'm going, what on earth was that? So I go back and I read it, and then I realize that that's a and and it's not. It's weird. It's weird because I'm not a big crier, if that makes sense. But I burst into tears and I'm going, it's uncontrollable. I'm sobbing for a period of 30 seconds. I'm going, oh, well, God's trying to teach me something through that. Uh, and sometimes somebody else will come and say something to me and I went, ah, that's it. That Oh, okay, I've been waiting for that. Now I get it. God speaks in many, as in Job, uh, many ways, sometimes this way, sometimes that way. You know, it's so Job, Job realizes that God has a, any number of ways of speaking to us. We just got to have the heart and the ears to listen. To finish this off, just the easiest question of all <laughs> what would you share with your 20 year old self? Oh, that's the hardest question. <laughs> <laughs> My 20 year old self, gee, I've got to think back 10 years. <laughs> 20, oh, okay, sorry, 40. Laugh, <laughs> <laughs> My 20 year old self, I think. Um, Stop looking at all the bright lights because the world is very good at at promising big but delivering small, right? So I look at all the potential and, you know, I could, this looks good and that looks good. It doesn't. So just to, be, just to go, don't look at that, look at Jesus. It's where my eyes are focused. I probably tell my 20-year-old self to um, – because I'm a person, and I still struggle with this, I guess, but I'm not a very confident person. I don't know how I come across, but I don't feel very confident. And so I think I'd probably tell my 20-year-old stuff that God really loves you. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. you know, I, I, he really loves you, and he's got your best in mind all the time. That's what probably, amongst some things, that's probably what I'd say to my 20-year-old self. I love it. Those are great things. Um, and I'm sure that everybody that's listened to this podcast and the podcast before, um, just thank you so much. It's been so enjoyable chatting with you and gleaning just a bit more of your wisdom and 
look, we'll have you again, hopefully, because um, I know that you've got heaps more to share. So thanks for joining us, John. Oh, you're beautiful. Thank you so much. And thanks for, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this has been eye-opening, challenging, and if you disagree with anything we've said, that you're looking to scripture as you prepare your rebuttal. We would love to hear from you if there's anything you interpret differently, feel we've left anything unaddressed, or if you just want to hear more about what we were talking about today. Please share the episode if you found it interesting and subscribe to get notified when new episodes are published. And for more information about the podcast or Granary Young Adults, connect with us on socials at Granary Young Adults. 